Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Hello, TOP friends, family, and new listeners. We have a special announcement today. TOP is hosting a fun fair for kids aged 3 to 14 and their families Saturday, September 14th from 1 to 3 p.m. We'll have food, games, raffles, and more. Admission is $5 per child and includes three game tickets and a hot dog. Additional tickets will be available for purchase as well. We hope you'll come join us. The fun fair is on September 24th from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Tower of Pentecost, located at 930 Aaron Drive in Richland, Washington. Are you thankful for the blood? Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, thank you, worship team. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. If you guys want to keep standing again, you can be seated if you want. (laughs) That's all right. All right. Amen. All right, we're going to uh, call your attention to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1, and then Ephesians 1 and 10. Amen. All right, and this is, this is certainly probably one of the most famous, um, well-known verses in the Bible. We hear it all the time. They've written songs pertaining to this particular verse. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. God's got it all under control. His timing is right on. Amen. His timing is sometimes We're out of time, but he's in time. All right, and then if you would, Ephesians 1 and 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Okay, think about that for a moment. Okay, the author is writing about a time when everything is going to come, as we know it time-wise, It's going to come to a stopping place, and then we enter into eternity, where there is no time. Wow. Hard hard for you and I to get a hold of that, isn't it? The dispensation of the fullness of times that he, Jesus, might gather together and one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So he's talking about a time, one of these days, when everything, not just on earth, but everything in heaven, how, when he, when the Bible talks about heaven, how far out is that? He gonna, God's gonna bring it all together one day, and we will have a better understanding of the wise and all of that good stuff. So 
Tonight, I would like to speak to you on simply time processes all things. And I would like to, how many of you were here last Wednesday night? Heard Brother Grant waiting on the Lord. One of the most challenging things in life is to wait. Especially in the generation that we're currently in. Now, you know, some of us that are in our classic decade, that's the 60s, you're, you know, once you hit 60, you're a classic. We remember when, how many of you remember buying your first microwave? Where's Sister Kathleen? Is she in? We bought our first one, and it was, we didn't buy the cheap version, we bought like a, it was a radar range uh, of some kind. It was like 700 bucks. I mean, you know, you were stepping up. But we remember, you know, we can go back to times that were not so technology advanced, where there was no phones, certainly no cell phone, no computers. No internet. How many young people remember when there was no internet? Apparently you're not very young, Ollie. <laughs> can, let me throw that out there. Young, young people, can you, what would, what would life be like for you today without a cell phone and internet? It would be... It would take some getting used to, wouldn't it? I mean, it would, it would take some real adjustment. But we remember those times when there was nothing like that. And, you know, time has a way of proving everything. It brings out, it will bring out the best and it will expose the worst. And we're going we're gonna to look at a couple of stories in the Bible here tonight. But the, uh, where this really comes from is uh, Sister Kathleen and I, we went to a family reunion on my mother's side of the family. First time ever. We had one. I think either on mom or dad's side when I was about six. But for 60 years, never had one. Can you put that up there, Brother Cliff? First cousins. Now, most of these folks I never met before in my life. First cousins. And... Uh, I was reminded of, you know, how quickly time does go by. And it didn't seem very long ago that that was the age of my parents. Aunts and uncles. And now I look at it and Brother Kelly... The Smiths have one every year, right, Brother Kelly? 
You have a family reunion every year. How many of you ha have, how many of you don't regularly have family reunions? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big deal when they happen, right? But, and not everyone came, of course, but there was about 60 of us total. But I think I would be safe in saying that even though we're blood relatives, for the most part, not one of these people have had an influence in my life. Not one. I don't, I don't even know them for the most part, other than they're blood relatives. And Sister Kathleen and I, uh, we went around. She's big into ancestry. I mean, she knew more about that side of the family than they did. Seriously, she did. But in that area of Sun Valley, Idaho, where we were at, I don't know, we probably, I, I have, on my mother's side of the family, they built a log cabin there in 1948, and, and I have uh, relatives that uh, have been there since I think we've seen a headstone of uh, 1890, something like that. And there, there were 60 of my relatives that were buried there, or more. And it, I didn't even know these people. And then here, uh, most of you probably know, uh, in a week or so, uh, Brother Kelly and I, uh, we will be attending our 50th, 50, 50th high school reunion. Wow, that's right. And I, uh, you know, we, Brother Kelly and I, we, we still know a lot of them. And, and uh, I could probably, at any time, for the most part, I could probably call about 20 of them. You know, I still have uh, friendships with them. They've had somewhat of an influence in my life. They have. And, but there is coming one giant reunion that I plan on attending. Time as we know it, it's running out. And we're going to, we're, We'll, we'll get into it here, but let me just remind you of this is the family of God. We are big, much bigger than within these four walls. But you are the one that really has had and continues to have an influence in my life. The family of the faithful. Young people, elders, those that are here tonight, you influence my life. Why? Well, because 
we share something that even your natural family, unless they're in the church, you do not have a common connection with them. Because your faith separates you from those that choose not to have a relationship with God. And I was reminded that 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52, in a moment, in a moment of time, a moment of time, in the twinkling of an eye, how fast is that? At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised, and we shall be changed. That, my friend, is going to be a reunion. That is, that is the one that we want to make sure that we are in attendance to. Paul wrote again in 1 Thessalonians, says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve that the rest of mankind who have no hope. Sure we grieve. We're human. And time ultimately will have its way in our life. But we don't grieve and we don't look through that lens of hopelessness knowing that there are faithful family that are resting in peace in Jesus tonight because we believe that because he resurrected from the dead and he became the first fruits, we believe, as the Bible says, that if he rose and we believe and are connected with him in a relationship that turns out to be our spiritual family, that we will also be risen along with him in the clouds to meet all of those in the air. And so shall we be with him for, 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 for the fulfillment of the dispensation of time. But he reminds us, he says, encourage. He says, comfort one another with these words. Make sure that we are looking through the big land, seeing the big picture tonight, that, yeah, I'm getting a little bit older. Okay, I'm losing maybe a minuscule of my youthfulness. Not much so. Not funny. <laughs> At least I have hair. Okay, that's got to be a sign of youth. Nate, you with me on that? All right. But. But you got to remember, you got to remember 
that one of these days there will be no more time as we currently know it. There will be no more. The Bible says that one of these days there will be no more death. No more sickness. No more moms, grandmas, no more tears. No more, here, can I hit you? No more pain. What, a, what kind of a world? That's the world that I choose to look forward to. That's the world that I'm investing now in. That's the world that I want to be a part of. That's the world that I want to sit down with those men and women of faith that we only read about. Do you honestly believe that one of these days you're going to have the opportunity because there will be no more time to sit down and have a conversation? You'll probably have to make an appointment 10,000 years out, but I'm willing to wait for my appointment, sit down and talk to Mr. Apostle Peter. How many of you believe you're going to be able to do that? How many of you are going to be able to actually see and walk around with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You don't believe that? I believe that. I believe that we are going to be in a re family reunion where Abraham, you don't think Abraham's going to be there? I Well, yeah. You think Isaac's going to be there? You think Jacob's going to be there? You think you're going to have enough time maybe to sit down and talk to him a little bit? See, I believe that. Now we can only read about what they write. But one of these days, Brother Cliff, yeah, and I'm going to be able to sit down with Grandma Ruth, Brother and Sister O'Daniel, Hazel, and those that have gone before us, and you understand, is it, there will be no more separation. There will be no more walls that separate us, gender, race. Uh, maybe y'all don't believe this. See, I believe it. I believe it. That's, the, to the unbeliever, they, they think, that's, you must be on crack or something, dude, to believe that kind of stuff. You, you probably even believe that Jonah spent three nights in the belly of a well or something. Yeah. You probably even believe that that donkey talked. Yeah. You probably even believe that God came and dwelt in a human body for a while and showed his glory to us while he was on earth. I do. You probably believe that that one called Jesus, that you believe it when he said that he was the great I am, which means that he has no beginning and he has no ending, means that time does not exist for him. He's always lived in eternity. 
He's always lived that way. Amen. Wherefore, comfort. And the Amplified Bible says this. Therefore, comfort and encourage one one another with these words concerning our reunion with believers who have died. Amen. Book of Revelation talks about history will be completed. John saw a new heaven and a new earth. First earth, first heaven, passed away. I was wondering where we got that phrase, they passed away. Well, there you go. The old heaven and old earth, they're gone. What does that mean? Does that mean a new one's coming? How many of you like sightseeing all the natural wonders of God? Can you imagine? Now, I'm quite certain that none of us believe that he created everything in six days, right? I mean, you don't believe that, right? Let me ask you. Now, if we at least kind of believe that that is a possibility. What do you think he could do in a couple thousand years? I mean, that that does something to my brain. If he can do what he did in a few days' time, what in the world does he have planned for his bride. What kind of a world is he building for you and me? We see we really we really underestimate what heaven is really going to be like because we can't get a hold of it. We're so restrained to our thinking in the natural because this is all we know. This is it. This is all we know. Dreams and visions and the Word of God, we get a little glimpse here and there, but we live in a real world. We live in reality, which is right here. But if you really believe and you begin to read and think and meditate about the new heaven and the new earth, we'll never be the same again. Because this is nothing compared to what he's building. Nothing. Not even a... Paul said... What, how did Paul word it? He says... How's it go? What he has... Yeah. Paul caught a glimpse of it, didn't he? He says, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. <laughs> he says, all I know is I was caught up into the third heaven. And I saw John, Revelation, John says, I saw the new heaven and the new earth coming down. Paul says, I heard and I seen. I can't even... Can't even explain to you 
what he's got in store for you. But <clears throat> let me, uh, I like to, to kind of look at this and But until this all happens, the Bible says we're to occupy until he comes. We're to take care of business until he comes. We know the day is coming. We know time's running out. But until then, we're here. Brother Block, got to take care of business. Got to take care of family. Got to take care of jobs. Got to be good to one another. Got to encourage one another. You got to help one another. You got to pray one for another. You got to offer those that are hungry. You got to be a gospel carrier. You got to tell them the good news. They hear the bad news, you got to give them the good. He said, occupy till I come. Take care of my business because I love it. It says, he gave them his goods. Yeah, that's what it said. And on the average, okay, an American male lives 76 years on the average. Now, I don't know how late, what ladies do to make it to 81, but that's what it says. You can Google it. You know how many hours that is? That is, for a man, that is equal to 665,760 hours. Okay? Which means, if you're like me, okay? Of course, I'm, I'm not average by any means. Okay, but that means that if I was average, I'd be down to 70,000 hours left. Time's running out. The clock's running and you are on the clock. You punched in. You just ain't punched out yet. And time has a way of processing everything. A couple of quick stories here. Okay? Bible says that in the process of time that Cain and Abel brought their sacrifice unto the Lord. Don't know how old they were, but watch what happens. Time exposed the character of those two individuals. Time does that. You are a reflection of your true character. Here tonight, I look, how many of you have friends that you grew up with and 
You know, you look at them and think, oh boy. But for the grace of God, there I go. Time has a way of processing us and it brings to light. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it doesn't. But Cain and Abel, Bible says, in the process of time, that they brought their offering before God and it revealed the character, the difference between Cain and Abel. That's what it does. You can put on a, you can only wear a mask so long. And then one day, really who you are and who I am, we'll find out, won't we? But notice what God didn't immediately, you know, he didn't immediately send Cain away. What did he tell him? He said, Cain, he says, why do you have such a bad attitude toward me? See, when God, when he asks us for a sacrifice of your life, he thinks that he deserves what he asked for. Not your best, necessarily. But he wants what, it, what his word says. And he said, Cain, he says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to change your attitude. And if you do, everything's good. But if you don't, he says, sin is crouching at the door, waiting to overpower you. The version amplified says, but you must master it. process of time has a way of either making us stronger in our walk with God or there comes a point in our life where we get angry, we get bitter and we can't regain that proper perspective where he wants us to get to. Anybody ever almost been there before? Yeah, I think we all have kind of get mad at somebody or something and, you know, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, it grows. God said, Cain, you got to get a hold of this thing. You got to discipline. You can't go by, you know, we're an emotional being. You can't go by your emotions. They can be a very dangerous thing. So attitude. Process of time will expose your spiritual attitude. Number two. Moses. Bible says in Acts 7.20, in which time Moses was born, 
was exceeding fair, nourishing up in his father's house for three months. But that's only part of the story. If you read Exodus, third chapter, I think, verse 1, says that what was happening over here with Moses, okay, was a direct result of something that was happening in God's people. Because it says, in the process of time, God heard the cry of his people that were in bondage. Okay? See, sometimes, sometimes who we ultimately become is a direct connection with people that are praying and asking God for help. Oh, you... Come on. How do you know? How do you know the prayers that had an influence on your life to get you to where you are right now? There are that whole nation of Israel, they were in bondage for 400 years. Think about that. They were God's people. Their answer didn't come 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 100 years, 200 years. Didn't come in 300 years. It took 400 years for God in the process, for God's timing to come about in a way that was going to impact the entire world. And the same time, Moses was being born. Did Moses have any idea that he was going to be raised up to be the greatest leader in old-time Israel? He had no clue. He was fighting for his life as a little baby. He was being raised in the palace of, of Egypt. He had no clue. He was just like any other young person growing up, trying to figure it all out. And ultimately, he was born, though, in a time that God had been working on for years to get him to a place called the burning bush to give him an experience that would separate him from his life of contentment. Remember, he's on the backside of the desert. The Bible says Moses was content. He had a wife, two kids, good job. He had settled into a life of contentment. But the problem was is that there was 600,000 people out there that needed a deliverer. He had no clue. He thought he was just going to grow up and have a nice home and, you know, and different things. But, you know, the process of time 
was molding him into a place that God would get him to that would change his life forever and get him into a place where God could use him. Folks, that's where we are. We're in that time. We're in that time where God's saying, I need somebody to experience who I am and recognize that they're not here just for themselves, but God is raising you up because there is a need out there that people are in bondage. And the only way that they're going to be delivered is when you get to a place where you, oh my goodness, you are that great I am. You did come as a Savior. You did save me, Lord. You did raise me up from a nothing to at least a helper. That's what time does. It works on you and works on you and works on you and works on you until you come to a place where, wow, there's a fire that does not go out. It, it won't go out. That's what time does. And then the last uh, little story, and we got to close here. Of course, the story of Esther. Wow. Who knows? Who knows? Go ahead. Somebody. Somebody repeat it. Who knows what? Is it an accident? Brother Sam, Sister Nat, is it an accident that God chose you in this time? Of course not. But Steve, no. Not an accident. God doesn't work in accidents. He works in plans and executions of those plans. He's got it all mapped up. Problem is, is that you and I have to get there. Sometimes it's not easy. Imagine, Esther's an orphan. Good possibility that where she was located, they were the ones that probably killed her parents. She was an orphan. What good's that going to get me? What can I possibly do for God? Be faithful. Be faithful. Keep on serving God. Keep on doing the right things for God. Keep on believing that there is a better time coming. God raised her up from an orphan to the queen.
Nanny says, but I didn't raise you up to eat on golden dishes. I raised you up because there's a plan in place to exterminate your people. And I have brought you to this place. See, that's folks, as you stand with us. It is, it is not coincidence. It is not accident that even right here today, right here tonight, it's not an accident that we are this group of people. You didn't, God didn't orchestrate this from an accident. He didn't orchestrate this from just throwing the dice. No, no, no. This is all about bringing us to this place, this time, because somewhere out there, there's a Jeff Woods that is saying, man, I need God. There is a sister Reyes that has a call of God on their life. There are teachers, preachers, young people that God orchestrate. It, it, we're not accidents waiting for a place to happen. We are by design. And the last point of, of Esther is that process of time will bring about ultimately your spiritual destiny. See, I don't know about you. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Brother Clemson, you done? I'm not done. Sister Marlene, you done? Brother McCune, you done? No. See, because when we feel like that there's nothing left to give, well, then you're done. But when you have a, when you continue to have a real life experience with God and He flows through you, then, okay, there's still, there's, there, there's a destiny out there awaiting you. He just wants to get you to a place where, oh boy, that fire is real and it is burning, and I did hear him declare that he was the great I am. Amen. Amen. Time processes all things. Sometimes we have to wait. Doesn't come automatic. Sometimes you got to make the right choices. Sometimes you got to persevere. Go through some things. But ultimately, if you're faithful, God says, all right, it's your time. Your time. Your time. Your time. Amen. Praise God. Let's